practice, we want to continue mainly to stay with ourselves and with the benefactor. However, if you have been finding a lot of difficulty in connecting with a benefactor, sometimes for people in our culture, such a person uh, isn't easily accessible. If for some reason you've been finding a lot of difficulty in struggling with benefactor, you could then move to the next category, which is that of dear friend. A dear friend meaning someone that you probably know a bit closer to in a personal way than you would be to a benefactor. But someone that still you, you love quite well and easily, and you can easily connect with their lovable qualities or their good qualities. So again, a good friend is meant to be someone that you can easily send good wishes to, that you can connect with and easily send loving kindness to. So if you're finding the benefactor category difficult, you can try it for a few minutes, but then move on to dear friend. However, I do want to say, if the benefactor category is beginning to click, give it a little time. Don't be in a hurry. It's not that the, you know, the quicker you get to the last category, the better you're doing. It doesn't work that way. And in fact, you know, I have a friend who, uh, teaching, who's sitting with Sayadaw Pandita stayed for two months with just the benefactor category. We're not in a hurry here. And uh, contrary to our thought that the, the sooner we get to the difficult, that means the better we're doing, to just stay with yourself, stay with the benefactor or the dear friend, and let the metta really deepen. And let the sense of the practice itself really deepen. There's a specific practice uh, skills that we're developing through cultivating the same phrases and the feeling of the loving kindness on ourselves, on the benefactor, and just coming back over and over through all the vicissitudes of physical and emotional experience that arise as we sit and walk and go through the day to see that sometimes there might be a real sense of well-wishing for ourselves or the benefactor. And five minutes later, you know, we're so bored with the whole thing, we just want to chuck it up. Ten minutes later, we're just filled with loathing for ourselves. Five minutes later, we're just beaming with how wonderful we are. Through it all, to notice whatever comes up, but just our practices, you don't have to give it any energy. You just notice, okay, self-loathing. If it's not so strong that you're completely lost in it, fine, come back. And may you be free from suffering. Just notice what's happening and come back, come back, come back through all the vicissitudes. This is the practice aspect. And sometimes we can come back easily and sometimes it's the last thing we want to do. And we just do it anyway. That's the practice. I know the first few days of a, of a metta practice for me can seem like really hard work because it's just over and over and over. And it's so clear when I'm not with a metta subject. I can't say like in Vipassana, oh yes, I'm being you know, spaciously aware when I'm really spacing out. It's very clear. I'm either with the phrases and the metta subject or I'm not. There's not really a whole lot of in between. 
So the dance is to find that willingness to keep coming back, but with a really delicate, light, loving touch. Just gently come back and drop into the phrase. Gently reconnect with the sense of yourself, the sense of your benefactor, your dear friend. There's no judgment that the mind wanders. Of course the mind wanders. We're doing a one-pointed concentration practice. The mind is not trained to do this. We're training it. Of course the training consists of wandering away and coming back. So it's finding that light touch, finding whatever can bring a sense of spaciousness and ease into your day. If it's opening up to the birds at times, doing your walking outside, opening up in the walking to any animal that passes by, send them a little metta, send a person walking by a little metta, and then go back to the benefactor. You'll find ways that can bring in a lightness and an ease, and then connecting it with this perseverance and willingness to keep connecting with the practice. And in all of it, no judging. So, yeah, I think that's all I want to say. So we can go ahead and begin. Perhaps in beginning with ourselves, we could again start with the forgiveness practice. Just tuning into yourself. Take a few breaths. And if I have done anything, knowingly or unknowingly, to hurt or harm anyone, I ask for your forgiveness now. If anyone has hurt me or harmed me, in word or deed, through their confusion, if I can, I forgive you now. In any way that I have harmed myself, unknowingly, or unconsciously brought pain to myself. I forgive myself for that now. I'm taking a few breaths. If you feel them at the heart center, just a way to connect with being here, connect the mind and body. And we could begin the loving kindness to ourselves. So just a moment or two of reflection on our beautiful or lovable qualities. Connect with your own goodness. One way is to 
remember something you've done that's kind or generous, thoughtful. If some such speech or action comes to mind, let yourself really feel the happiness of that. It's not something we often do to appreciate our good actions and really feel the joy of it. It can just be a small action. We're not talking about saving the world. Just a small, kind, good action. Or alternatively, reflecting on one of your lovable or so-called good qualities. Perhaps you're honest. Perhaps you can connect with your sincere motivation of harmlessness or simply your sincere motivation to be happy. Perhaps you're generous or kind. Any quality of yourself and really appreciate it Feel the happiness that comes from that. Finding ways to really bring the attention to what is lovable, to what is beautiful about ourselves. It's not being one-sided. Too often we're one-sided the other way. Really bring in the sense of your worthiness. Continuing to connect with a sense of your lovable, beautiful qualities. And in that place of caring and appreciating, begin sending yourself metta. Repeating the phrases in your heart, both meaning them as the sender of the metta, but also opening to receive this loving kindness. Sometimes you'll feel more like the recipient, sometimes more like the sender. Both are fine. May I be safe from inner and outer harm. May I be happy and peaceful.
May I have physical happiness? Or may I be healthy and strong? May I be able to take care of myself with ease in this world. And when the mind wanders or you lose the sense of yourself or the phrases, Come back, refocus on your lovable qualities, on the sense of yourself, and gently again begin repeating the phrases. And if the feeling of kindness, of friendliness comes, rest in it, notice it, but don't try to hold on to it or push it along. Just relax into it.
If you'd like to at this time, bring in as a subject your benefactor. Or if you can't find a benefactor, your good friend. And again, you can begin by bringing to heart their good qualities. Really let your heart and mind connect with what is lovely or kind, generous or compassionate, whatever is beautiful about this person. Tune into what is lovable. And then as you get a sharper sense of the person, begin again with the phrases. And just dropping into each phrase with a sense of truly wishing what it means.
and just for a moment or two, sending this loving energy, these good wishes to the person sitting on your right, knowing just as I want to be happy, so also do you want to be happy. May it truly be so. Beginning to see through the boundaries we create between ourselves and another. And in exactly the same way, sending these loving wishes towards the person on your left. Do you have any questions about the practice so far, the instructions or the sitting or the walking? (laughs) 
the times in between. Uh, the question is about would we advise against using a partner, a relationship partner, as the dear friend? Um, I'd say in choosing these specific categories, a dear friend and benefactor and so, that we come back to when we're really training, developing the practice in the beginning, I would advise against using a relationship partner because what we really want to do is develop and strengthen the pure metta itself. And with a partner, it's so easy to slip into attachment, into sexual lust, and all the different things. So it's just a more complicated person to use. Of course, that doesn't mean we never send metta to our partner. You know, of course we do. What I found for myself is that uh, sometimes my partner would just appear in my mind, sort of like the gentleman asked yesterday about a friend who was in pain. And so if he just appears in my mind, uh, I might just send the phrases to him, just send him a moment of metta, and then go back to the dear friend or the benefactor or whoever. And as uh, the metta strengthens and you really begin to be able to tell more clearly when it slipped from metta into attachment, when it slipped from metta into wanting, then as the, the metta is really, uh, has a stronger foundation, then for periods of time you might pick your partner. You know, it might not be the dear, might, they might fit the dear friend category for a little while. But in the beginning of the training, I don't think it's so helpful. It gets too confusing. Yeah. Yesterday, when you first introduced the um, idea of a benefactor, I think even right then, somebody said something about a dear friend. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried to do a benefactor. She said when we introduced benefactor yesterday, <clears throat> I think I mentioned dear friend at that time, and she went right to dear friend and never really even looked very much for benefactor. Yeah, yeah. Somebody said dear Someone just popped up. So should she retract? I would suggest if you haven't really sort of looked for a benefit, you haven't really experienced it at all, I would suggest sitting with it a little bit and see if someone emerges. Um, because it took me a little while to find, say, a benefactor that I really connected with. Or, but when I did and practiced with it a little bit, it became very energized. And even now, um, when I connect, when I start doing metta and I connect with the person I use as benefactor, a lot of metta comes up very easily and spontaneously. So it is meant to be one of the easier categories if you find someone that fits it. So I'd certainly recommend playing with it a bit. Don't just blow it off without giving it, giving it a chance. But if it's a real struggle, you know, and you're like trying to dredge up people and thinking about it a lot, then it might not be so helpful. You might find later someone pops into your mind or you might find the benefactor changes 
I found I ended up with three different people at not in the same sitting but over weeks weeks of time someone else would just present themselves What about using a sibling as a dear friend? It, it really depends on your relationship with the sibling. It could certainly work. You know, the, the sort of what Steve was talking about last night, there can be times when the dear friend suddenly, if we know them really well, suddenly there are other qualities that aren't quite so lovable in our eyes will, will become highlighted, you know, and they move out of the dear friend category for a while. So that, I would say, might be the only... Danger is a little strong, but that kind of word with a sibling, you know, if you have a lot of stuff, um, they might move out of the dear friend category. But I think that's fine. I had times when I was using my mother as my benefactor, you know, and it was really strong. And then all of a sudden it was impossible. You know, I couldn't use her anymore because um, something else would come up. So that a sibling could be fine. Well, as we've said, this is meant to be a happy practice. It gets happier as it goes along. The first, the first couple of days might be great. They can be hard. If you haven't done a retreat before, you won't. Maybe you might be surprised. You might not. If you have done a vipassana retreat, you might be surprised to find the same things happen on a metta retreat the first few days. You get sleepy. You'll get restless. A lot of aversion can come up, a lot of desire can come up, a lot of doubt can come up, all of them can come up. The same hindrances that come up in Vipassana, you know, it's the same mind we're working with here. So just to know not to be discouraged by that, not to get into a fight with it, the difference, uh, as you know, in the loving-kindness practices, if the aversion or the sleepiness or the doubt is relatively minor, you know it's there, you can recognize it, but you can come back to the phrases, to the sense of the person you're sending it to, then do so. You don't need to investigate so much. But as I know Michelle talked about yesterday, if something really strong is coming up, that you're in a struggle, say there's really strong fear, and you can't even get to the metta phrases, that's the time to use the discriminating investigation of Vipassana, the bare attention to just be with fear as you experience it physically, the mental component of it, not to change it. It's really meeting it with the energy of loving kindness, of acceptance, of just giving it room to be. Explore it just with this gentle, bare attention. And as it lessens enough, it doesn't have to completely go away, but just enough that you can again return to the phrases, then you do so. And that's the same with whatever comes up. And as the day goes on, do what you need to. If you feel contracted, go outside, open to the beautiful day, whatever you need to do. But as much as you can within that, to keep the continuity of the phrases going as you're walking from here to the walking spot, you know, as you're having a cup of tea. You can move at whatever pace, but just gently keep the flow going, and you'll find it gets more and more natural and begins to sustain itself. Okay, so there's a period for walking now. And in a few minutes, we'll begin having, having group meetings. 
So about half of you should be listed on the bulletin board today for group meetings, the rest of you tomorrow. If you're not listed tomorrow, let us know. And if you didn't fill out an interview sheet when you registered, please go in the office and do that because that's what we use to set up the group meetings. So, any other announcements? Okay, thanks. Have a nice day. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.